Hey everyone, it's Andy and Phil. We're your co-hosts for the Burning Creative Podcast. For those of you who don't know us, we're the partners over at Muddy Shutter Media and we're excited to have you listening to our show. This is a podcast about creativity, inspiration, and passion in the creative community. This show is sponsored and supported by MSM and therefore, no ads, all talk. We hope you enjoy the content and don't forget to subscribe, like, and follow our Instagram page at Burning Creative Podcast. Jumping right in, let's introduce today's guest. It's sour. Yeah, it's yep. really nice. It, I, I love sour beer. And this one is one of the more sour ones I've ever had. It's almost like, a, it's almost like a salad dressing. <laughs> it's delicious. There you go. So we, we just, I just hit the red button there, but we, <laughs> we can leave that in there. Really hey, there. So today we have Adam Foss on the show. Adam, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, guys. Absolutely. So, uh, what are you, uh, what are you sipping on right there? I'm sipping on a peach and apricot sour ale. It's uh, from Heart of Stone. It's uh, an urban family brewing company. I think this is a West Coast, Seattle. Yep, Seattle, Washington. Brewed and bottled by Urban Family, and I'm I'm getting a lot of fruity sour notes off the off the first <laughs> taste, and getting some. What's the ABV on that? I don't know. It's good. It's really good. <laughs> It's it's finally feeling like summer. We're drinking summer beer, and it's it's not summer, but it finally snows melting, and the days are getting longer. It's and we finally made it. So oh yeah, me too, man. I'm good. I'm drinking like a grapefruit like shandy over here. Just yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you're you're in BC, right, Adam? Yeah, yeah. I'm in Kelowna, BC, which is south central part of the province. Really, really centered up to a lot of awesome recreation right around us, and sort of known for the the lake life, Lake Okanagan's a huge lake and there's mountains around. There's pretty decent fishing, okay hunting, but BC just sort of has like a ton of, of great hunting and fishing opportunities, especially up north and, and in the interior. And it's a pretty great place to be. It's international airports. So we can hop on the plane whenever we need to. I've got family here. It's a cool, it's a cool place. Food and, and wine and just sort of being involved in that community is big here. And so that's important to us. And we take full advantage of the food and the occasional wine and occasional sour ale. So it's, it's pretty, pretty awesome spot to be. Yeah. You're, yeah, you're, hitting, the, you're hitting the tasting notes. So I, I could see you're a avid wine drinker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I enjoy it. Yeah. I, I'm definitely not an expert, but I do enjoy it. And there's a bunch of great wineries here. It, it, a lot of people that have been up here are kind of surprised that, uh, how many there are and how, how good it is it's sort of unknown. People think of wine countries, California and, yeah, and Oregon right. and Washington and now it's BC's representing. There's lots of good BC wines. Okay. I have to make a trip up. Come on up. Yeah. Not to be confused with the DC, but it's BC. Beautiful British Columbia. It's right <laughs> on the license plate. <laughs> so for the listeners, could you uh, kind of tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you do, you know, kind of your background in the space, uh, obviously, you know, us at MSM, we've, we've been following you for a very long time, even before we started MSM. And, you know, back in your day when, when we saw you with Cat and hunting with, you know, with Sika, and we were like, oh, dude, Adam's an awesome guy, you know, and he, he's doing such crazy stuff with bow hunting. Um, so, yeah, you know, kind of tell everybody about your background. Oh, man. Uh, well, I'll try to keep this concise. I, <laughs> the background would be just grew up doing a lot of hunting over in Alberta. Mm-hmm which is the next province to the east of us. So Rocky Mountains, Bighorn Sheep, over-the-counter, archery-only areas. You can go about 45 minutes from that. A town called Canmore is where that hunting occurs. I grew up in a town called Cochrane in between Calgary and Canmore. Mm -hmm. And I grew up hunting with my dad and my brother, just like a lot of us who are lucky enough to do it. That's how they got into it. That's how I got into it. And I just looked up to those guys. I mean, I just followed in their footsteps. I had an older brother and a dad who were hitting it really hard and just didn't really think anything of it. I mean, I just followed along and, and we did lots of deer hunting and mule deer hunting and elk hunting and got into sheep hunting pretty quickly because of the opportunity with the resource there. And we just spent a ton of time doing it probably, you know, a lot of weekends and a lot of weekdays missing school to, to be out there. And then just through that, I always had a passion for photography. I always had a, a camera usually in my pack with me out there. And I took a film photography class in grade nine. So I was probably 13 years old and mm-hmm. pretty romantic way to start photography. You're shooting oh, photos, right, yeah. yep. you're developing them, you're printing them. And I just thought of it as a neat way to 
take a little bit home from, from these pretty awesome places that I got to go to. And that's how it got started. Never really thought anything of it. Just always had an interest in it. I studied environmental science, went out to school in Vancouver and didn't know if it would ever be a big part of my life. Although I thought it would always be a sort of personal interest. Right. And lo and behold, I met a guy named Mark Seacat who started a production company, creative agency in Bozeman, Montana, decided it'd be a good idea to go and move to a different country and, and work at this then startup and just sort of evolve from there. I mean, it was in the time where, where social media was starting to come onto the landscape as a pretty critical marketing tool for these brands and yep. was there sort of right place, right time. I mean, there was a time when a photograph was too valuable to be a Facebook post and that's not the case anymore. And so sort of paired up, saw the opportunity with photography to be able to be a great avenue for telling stories and a tool for these brands to tell their stories when sort of the digital space was, was ramping up. And it wasn't, I mean, hunting, hunting was behind the curve is, is oh, yeah, a absolutely. lot of people yep. listening and people that you've been talking to, it's a bit behind the curve. And so that was sort of an advantage in the sense that we could look at what other businesses were doing, what other industries were doing super inspired by by the outdoor space and skiing climbing mountain biking that fly fishing that type of media that rich storytelling and and beautifully crafted stuff and mm-hmm. sort of adapt that to hunting and hunting was is just harder to do it in my opinion there's just mm-hmm. so many factors and if you could be in places that remarkable stories were happening and these great locations and these quests for these sought after animals with the people that were hitting it pretty hard, then that was for me, at least that was, I, I want to say half the battle, but it was like 99% of the battle. It was, mm-hmm. it was being there. And then the fact that you were shooting photos and video and, and making something out of it was, was a bonus. And that that's sort of the long winded way of how I got into it. And yeah, it's just evolving It just kind of evolved with it. I mean, when DSLRs had video functionality that became part of the arsenal and another tool in the tool bag and sort of self-proclaimed, jack of all trades master of none i would say i mean mm-hmm. and probably not even a jack of that many trades but from photography <laughs> to film writing editing right. and i mean everybody knows you're doing you're wearing so many hats when oh, you're absolutely. working for a startup when you right. start your own business when you're doing these productions it's like you're wearing you're producing you're directing you're shooting you're yep. you're doing everything you're making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches whatever it takes <laughs> yeah, and that's part of the fun i mean that's yeah. sort of our style and we love it. I mean, it's, it's, a, I don't know, man, it's a pinch ourselves moment. It's so many times somebody asked us the other day, hey, does it ever take the fun out of hunting and going to these places? And the answer is it changes it. It adds a little bit of pressure, right? You want to deliver, mm-hmm. take it very seriously. I mean, it's our livelihood, but man, at the end of the day, it's like, I can't believe we get to be out here. I can't believe right. That, right. that this is, quote unquote work. And it is a lot of work. And I think people that follow me or others that do similar stuff like you guys on the internet, what they see is pretty pictures. Yep. What they see is badass landscapes. What they yep. see is great meals and good vibes. And they don't see the the grind. The Adobe, yeah. the yeah. Adobe yeah. premiere crashes, you know, the all exactly. the premiere crashes that happen to you. <laughs> they don't the, see uh, that. Yeah. The yeah, ad- they don't advertent Miss delete of uh, a terabyte of Ugh. of footage in Alaska, which happened to Phil and I. <laughs> oh my gosh! It was what happened? We were just tired and got sloppy. You know, we were we were what um, doing a fly fishing trip in uh, Tyonic near Anchorage, and we just got complacent, got lazy. Late at you know, night, we were trying just tired. to back up, and instead of copy, I hit cut and forgot to uh, put it into the the backup drive and next thing you know it was like a day's worth of footage completely gone but we had a recovery software that was able to pull it back but but yeah oh, so wow. you're right a lot of people won't see see that kind of stuff you know the stress, the stress that goes into it for the the travel you know, yeah. heck even even the toll that it takes on your loved ones you know being away and trying to keep up that rela- I mean it's it's hard to keep up a relationship off of that a little in reach screen you know yeah i yeah. mean the last the last shoot we did was i was in alaska for three, three and a half weeks, weeks yeah. and my wife was like eight months pregnant 
wow. So it's it, like you said, it, there's a lot of people, they kind of see at face value what's in our, our social media feeds, but they don't right. kind of see all the, the, the crazy stuff that we have to, to jump through to, to make, you know, this our, our living. But at the end of the day, hey, this is a pretty cool way to make a living. <laughs> Absolutely. You got to pinch yourself. It is, it is yep. Yep. Just, just phenomenal. And everything about it, I mean, you hit on the challenges of keeping up a relationship. Fortunately, my wife, Francesca, Fran- everyone calls her Frankie, and I work together. Mm-hmm. We're yep. two peas in a pod, really. I mean, we're kind of doing, we do everything, everything together, for better or for worse, on her end. But we... It would be almost impossible. I mean, we did it for a while or I was hitting the road pretty hard and she was working at a software company and then we ended up working together for a few years and then said, hey, let's make a go of this thing. And it would be it would be really challenging and it's something that we just get so much enjoyment out of it and it's not easy at all times by any means. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I mean, I think the alternative would be a lot more challenging because you're just in it. When you're in it, you're just in it together. I mean, yeah she gets it. She gets like what this is about, how important it is to us. And you guys hit on like the stress and the media management, mm-hmm. all those things. It's like when it's your own, it's just such a, yep. you just take it a little bit more seriously. And so that being said, we have a ton of fun. And part of the hard part is you go to these locations, you go to New Zealand, Patagonia, Spain, insert cool location here. But you're always kind of on the clock trying to get home because you want to see the person that you care about. And yep. when the person that you care most about is with you, then when you have two days laying over in Buenos Aires or whatever, then you go and Enjoy blow it, it up, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And that was that was always hard for me working for a, an agency. It was just getting back, getting back, getting back on Monday, flipping the computer open, catching up on emails. And yeah. really, you just get right back into it. And it's all those special moments about being there and and even just getting a taste of the culture, even having one dinner downtown at the place that you're in rather than just packing up and jumping in a shitty hotel and sleeping at the airport or whatever you're doing. Right. Even just doing that is so nice. And there's Mm -hmm. places that we've been fortunate enough to go to that. I don't know if we would have ever been there. I don't know if we'll ever go back there, but the fact that we did get to go in that one moment in time and work for 21 days in a row to have a couple days to check it out for ourselves makes it all worth it. Absolutely. So what's the, process like with, with you and your wife in terms of creativity wise do you guys you guys kind of like you said you guys all wear different hats are there hats that you guys commonly share or you know is, is one person like back a house one person is the creative side how, how you know how is that creative dynamic working together yeah she's definitely the producing side the logistics she mm-hmm. runs the books runs yep. the invoicing and permitting and and the detail-oriented stuff mm-hmm. that just I mean, that's the crazy thing is if they told you how much work it was to start your own business, you never would have done it, right? There's, oh, dude, it's, 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 crazy. it's just, <laughs> and not to complain at all because we just talked yep. about how great it is and how special it is. Yep. You just don't really take it into account. And yep. so she had some experience with that at her past couple of jobs. And so that was really helpful. And she's evolved though. She's evolved to shoot a lot of stills. Like she's getting like pretty good at still photography. She'll be on mm-hmm. set running various whatever she'll be checking wardrobe and running audio levels and shooting stills and she'll run interviews and she'll kind of do everything uh from a creative standpoint i'd say i'm sort of more on the creative side of things like thinking Mm -hmm. bigger picture and thinking strategically of how this you know whatever the medium is whatever channel medium story is being told how that's going to be leveraged across different platforms or for the correct brands Mm -hmm. but I don't know, man. It's like so hard to draw a line because it's almost right. like we're almost like the same person. Like we're kind of like we were just working this morning and she ran into a meeting in town and like we were talking and she just she just picked up the phone and called me and we just like talked. Then she came back, had her appointment, came back and was like talking all the way until I could hear her walk in the house and I could still hear her on my headset. And then she walked in and then I come up the phone. It was like <laughs> we were just talking about, oh, did you get this email? Like, what do you think of that? How should I respond? Who's, you know, yeah. so. I don't know where one starts and one and one ends sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but that, that's what makes it fun, right? <laughs> yeah, like y- yin and yang, like two-headed monster. Yeah. Yeah, that's um it's it's funny because that's that's actually why I had brought on Phil was was for that reason is just like you just need that person to 
to have a conversation with sometimes and totally. you know, shoot ideas back and forth or heck even look at an email like, Hey, do I sound kind of like an a-hole in this email? Like what are you totally. doing? <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> that's cool. No, yeah, absolutely. And it is, that's one thing I think about freelancers in my tiny little experience. We work with quite a few, have a good stable of different mm-hmm. people that we rely on big time because we're never going to be able to, edit, color correct, do motion, do graphics, do stuff like some of the Mm -hmm. people that we're fortunate to work with can do. Just this is never going to happen. We're just 10,000 hours away in, you know, software X, you know, whatever particular software that person might be using DaVinci or whatever. We are so many hours away from doing that. It's not even worth it. And at the end of the day, the product's not going to be as good anyways. And so in talking to freelancers, and we kind of, I guess, we're our own media company, we freelance out on occasion for other production companies. Well, more and more, it seems like. But in talking to freelancers, that's the hardest part. They're, they love what they do. They love the freedom. They love the challenge. They love yep. delivering a great product, but they're alone for, for a, lot of the, a lot of the year or a lot of their day and they're sitting, they're working from coffee shops, they're working from home, which is great. Working from home is awesome. We're working from home right now. But by yourself, yeah. after a year, two, three, four, five years, right. you miss the water cooler talk and you miss the... And even us, we get cabin fever like crazy, especially right now. It's it's like, I mean, it's getting better right now, but the last, you know, before daylight saving times, we're just like, never get outside, never see the sun. (laughs) Just sitting in here, listening to each other breathe. And, but at the same time we have each other, but even us, it's like, we got to get out. We got to see people. We got to do things. And as a freelancer to be by yourself, I think that's like the number one thing that makes people go brand side or agency side, pick up a normal job because they just want that human connection and community and idea bouncing mm-hmm. around and you get that, but it's still, you're still, you're still a hired gun. You're still yep. at arm's length a little bit. And yep. so it is nice. It is really nice to have that. Yeah. And for us, I think that's kind of why we, we brought in uh, the two freelancers we had working for us. We brought them in house because for them, they're like, dude, I've been freelancing for like, I mean, Phil, Dave's been freelance for how long? 18 years or something like that. Something crazy. Yeah. He's like, Holy. dude, he's like, I just want to work with the team and like actually like <laughs> be involved and like talk with people and not, you know, kind of like wait around and twiddling my thumbs and, you know, you get a call and it's like, oh, okay, I'm going to go and shoot this and then come back home. And like you said, just get cabin fever. And yeah, he's a DP. Yeah, no, he's, he's just a photographer. Oh, still but, okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, well, our other guy, Antonio is our, our in-house DP, but yeah. And, and we're kind of in the same boat with you. It's like, we... We're, we're starting to try to, to shop out to other freelancers too, because a lot of these guys are realizing like their scope of work kind of ends at, yeah. you know, at a certain point in, in a project because they can't take on a, a larger scale or, or, you know, right. the brand then has to go out and look for more people. And so we're, we're kind of seeing an increasing amount of, of work where the brands are like, dude, you know, why don't we just use your in-house photographer, you know, just let's just do that. And instead of us going out and, you know, putting out an RFP and blah, 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 let's just hire your guy. Um, yeah. so that's kind of been kind of what we've been seeing. That's what we're, we're trying to bring in more guys in house and just try to deliver a more, you know, comprehensive package. Aircraft. That's awesome. Um, how many guys do you guys uh, have under the roof right now? So we just have, we have four and then my wife, my wife cool. actually, it's funny cause you're talking about, you know, you're working with your wife and my wife works with me too. So we're, we're both, right. and she kind of does the same thing. She's a very detail oriented person, but no, so there's five. And then Tony is, is another producer that works with us. He's, he's the logistics guy. He's, you know, keeps everything high and tight in terms of, yep. you know, heck even packing, packing gear and everything like that. He's got, checking, a, he's got a lockdown. He's got a lockdown. But yeah, and then we have Kelly, who's who's a branding specialist. Cool. So there's seven in total, but five full time, then two freelancers. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. You got to have the gear Tetris guy or girl. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> so yeah, tell us more about Foss Media, man. Uh, you know that reel that you put out was awesome. You know, just kind of <laughs> you know t- talk about kind of the history there and and what made you you know at what point were you like you know what let's start this and let's, you know, let's go full steam into this, this, uh, company. Well, we, a few things, I think a few things made us take the leap. I think one, just a comment about always trying to get back to Mm -hmm. back to the office. I was the first hire at this startup and grew it to a few people. And there was 14 of us full time. And 
Mm-hmm. It was, I mean, I enjoy, I've always been, I've always played team sports. I've always been sort of a leader in that capacity. And I've always enjoyed that. But I, but I can't say that I always 100% enjoyed sort of like managing people. And I don't know if like yeah. that's my greatest skill either. I think right. kind of like to like inspire maybe and, and lead by example and, and work with people, but also day in and day out. I mean, it's tough. It's tough. And that's, I felt bad kind of for some of the people that we worked with. It was like, my passion isn't to like get up in the morning to be a manager. And some people it is, they're great at it. Right. Mm-hmm. And not to say, yeah, I think that that was part of it. And I think that the more you spend managing the business, the less you spend creating and the less you spend telling mm-hmm. these stories. And that was something that just every year was kind of getting a little bit less and a little bit less and a little bit less, which is exciting in a lot of ways in a business standpoint. It's fun to learn, right. but it was, Hey man, why don't I get back to why I started in this in the first place, which was, I can't say it's a specific, it's sort of a meandering journey, but it's to go do, I mean, for lack of a better word, go do rad shit with rad people. Oh yeah. And absolutely. Love it. <laughs> that was it. I mean, and so we pulled the trigger. We fortunately been working in this industry and I've kind of been involved in it for Mm-hmm. seven or eight years pretty heavily and it just sort of speaks to the testament of the value of and just the awesomeness of the people in this industry for the for the most part and for i don't know i yeah. mean just met so many great hard-working smart generous loving people and Absolutely. it worked out i mean it was it's a really is a testament to sort of the network of people that if you sort of put yourself out there mm-hmm. for the most part do good work yep be a good person Try and do it on time. The work's out there. Yeah. And we've just been really fortunate. And the other side that I mentioned at the beginning was trying to always get back and sort of the ownership of the whole process and sort of like a designed right. life and taking this concept of what are our, really our goals? Where do we want to be? And and not even really a small part of it is like the financial goals. It's like mm-hmm. the goals of ownership of your own life and ability to be we're going to work this weekend because it's going to be nice on Wednesday and we're going to go hiking that day or we're going to, we're jamming on this thing right now. Why would we stop at five o'clock? Why don't we just go tell we run out of beer and pizza and then wake up in the morning whenever the hell we want, you know? I mean, it's sort of like the, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and say, Oh, the nine to five is broken or anything like that, whatever. But I think there is some fundamental flaws from a creative standpoint of, it not being the best situation. And I get it. It's hard to manage. How do you break that mold in a setting with many people that are relying on salaries and paychecks and wanting to work in, in the way that they always had. And for us, it was like, well, we can kind of break all the rules and sort of started looking at what that would look like. And really when you start looking at it, there's a lot, I mean, a lot of people are doing it and it's fun. <laughs> it's really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's interesting because, uh, but before, you know, before I got into, into this industry, I was on the agency side as well as, um, I was an architect actually, I had, oh, wow. I had, a, I had a design firm wow. and yeah, you know, like it's, it's a technical, it's a technical field, but there's a creative aspect. Yeah, to it. Yeah, I, yeah, I mean, instead of a, a short film, you're, you have a team that's literally trying to design and build a big office building or, or a home or whatever it is. And like you said, you know, that kind of nine to five, it's so tough to be like, all right, guys, we're going to have a meeting at 11 and like, we're going to be super creative. Right. It's like, right. everybody's it like, oh God, you know, like judging their feet into the conference room, sitting down and like, okay, now we're supposed to like put on our creative hat. Like, yeah, yeah, it, yeah. it kind of doesn't work like that. You know, like sometimes you're just, like you said, you're just jamming, you're just flowing at, seven or eight o'clock at night and you work till like 3 a.m. Yeah, just keep burning through the midnight oil. And I I think that kind of what you're saying with with a lot of companies such as as Foss Media, a lot of you guys are are getting, being extremely successful because like you said, you're, you're, you're retaining that ownership of that creative process as well as kind of like from the concept. And I imagine, I, I don't know, maybe it varies per client, but just owning that whole thing from start to finish, I mean, that probably fuels even more creativity, right? Because you can say, this is how we're going to do it and this is how we envision it and this is how we're going to take that process. I mean, do you, do you think that that's pretty much like your, almost like your quote unquote formula in terms of 
projects? Yeah, I think that's there's two things that you hit on. One is is sort of the soup to nuts, start to finish, mm-hmm. and I think that the a big thing is sort of the um, like institutional kind of knowledge and foundation of these brands that we work with, and it's like right. We I remember for you know Sika Gear for example is a company I've been with for a very long time, and I remember when they were in Napa and meeting in their conference room with the couple people that were there and Mm -hmm. some of the employees that, I mean, I remember holding their babies when they were kids and now they're going off. They're like taller than me. (laughs) So it's, it's that ownership of sort of the process, but it's also like, we're just like so invested in Mm -hmm. these brands and these people and they're like family to us. And we're thinking we're going, yeah, we want to make, you know, I kind of, made a bit of off the cuff statement, like do rad shit with rad people. But we're also thinking about, man, we're like helping hopefully this person that's like plays such great trust on us that we're going to give you this opportunity. We're going to provide you the resources to go and let your vision come alive on screen or whatever the medium is. And we're like, we can't let that person down. We want them. We want them to be able to go into a meeting with their boss and go, Hey, look at this thing that Adam and Frankie did and, and all the people that they work with. Yep. This stuff is awesome. This is really important. This is going to help us achieve our business goals. This is going to help us take our brand to the next level. And I don't know if we do that. <laughs> I don't know if we do that. I don't know if we achieve that. But and I don't know if anyone actually, that actually happens. But those little visualizations <laughs> are, they happen all the time. We're like this, we want, we want to solve this person's problem or challenge. Like we want right. to, like that person championed us in to give us this opportunity. And like, we don't want to take it for granted. And yep. I don't know. It's just, it, it comes down to that. I think a lot of that stems from, from having those like personal relationships because if it was just a random, Hey, you want to come and shoot photos for right. a day? We would go and press the button and give her, but I think it wouldn't just be, we just wouldn't be thinking about, okay, how, how's, what's the impact? How do we take this up a notch? And how do we think about that person and that yep. brand that we care about and bring it? Yep. That's, I mean, Man, you're. It's funny because on the last podcast we we talked about this too. Because Lee is on the brand side, and he's like, "Man, you like, you can't even imagine how many guys has come to me and they're like, hey, like we want to work with you, and like, you know, we want to work for your brand.'" And he's like, "Dude, well, okay, sure. Like, so, what do you think about our brand mission, or, or you know, right. like, what what do you know about our brand?" And guys, are like, oh, I don't know. I just want to like shoot cool pictures for you. You know, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. well. You know, if if you're not going to be an asset to us and and help me do my job, and you know help the brand, then that that's kind of starting off that relationship on the wrong foot, right? Because it's more like, hey, I, I need some work. Can you just like pay me to like take some cool pictures? It's like right. you need to come to a brand and be like, hey, how can we help you? How can we help push that message? You know, make it stronger and like help me help you. You know, deliver a, a great product. But at the same time, building this this relationship that will make you know everybody just work more efficiently. Totally, yeah. And you got to bleed it, right? I mean, you got. Oh, absolutely. We don't. We're we're super lucky that the brands that we work with yeah. are what we would consider to be sort of top in class. They make awesome yep. products. More importantly than that, they stand behind the same morals and ethics and yep. and appreciation of the incredible resources that we have living in in. Canada or North America, they take it seriously and it's a part of their company. And like, we try to align with them as mm-hmm. much as possible. And, and I think vice versa. And we're really lucky to work for these companies that we, if I, if this all went away and I was an architect, which I'm not smart enough to be an architect for the record, <laughs> but if somebody entrusted me to building a house, which would be horrible, <laughs> I would still be wearing sick of gear. I'd still be having a yep. old Yeti cooler in my truck. It would yep. be the exact same. I'd, I'd probably wouldn't be able to afford like three of them in three different colors if they didn't <laughs> send them to me. But regardless, those brands are, are something that me personally as a hunter, as an outdoor yep. adventurous, as a dad, whenever I become one, as a fisher, whatever, any other category of, of person, if you even have to place a label on it, I'd be using that stuff. I, I know. And I think that absolutely companies can kind of tell it's like, like you said, Hey, I want to work for your brand. And it's like, Hey, I've been wearing, I've been wearing sick of gear since sick of gear was, a, wasn't even a thing. I mean, literally yeah. 2007 or six or whenever they, it was like our hunting pictures were like, we were wearing, you know, the old Arcteric stuff and the Bora yeah. packs. And then like, we were wearing like, Oh sweet. This company is making 
technical apparel for I'm plugging sick. I feel like you guys have sponsors on this thing. Shit, I'm sorry. If I'm no, gonna... no. So that, <laughs> it, it's funny because uh, well, actually, yeah, right. so this whole podcast is, is fully funded by us. We're we're pulling okay. it out of our marketing budget because awesome. We we just want people to speak freely and and not yep. feel like oh crap, like I can't you know, say this, I, can't I, say I that. plug yeah. this person and that person, and yeah, and we kind of just wanted this to be a platform to just just chat about the industry and, and creativity and, and just the process cool. of owning the business, all that stuff. Cool. So you're good. You're good. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, no. And I just think that that is important and, and the brands and the people that work there, they know that that goes a long yeah. way. It is their, right. the, the brand director, the creative director, it is their job to, I mean, you throw out the word authenticity, maybe the second most used, overused word in this industry <laughs> that we use. First that being and, content. And content. Content. Yeah. Content. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that and content. Content. Yeah. Oh my you're, gosh. You're joking. So, we, we, like so the last podcast we were on, we, we had like a, we, we had a little clicker yeah, to see how many content. times we could use content. Oh my <laughs> I don't think I, I don't know if I've, I hopefully haven't said it more than five times. I try not to say it. Now, but I, now I'm going to yeah. keep it. I'm going to keep a tally for you. Okay. No. Yeah, you yeah. should have a ticker. You got the time yeah. running. You got the the yeah. red button. And then what, if you get to like 20, you just get kicked off yeah, or something? Does. Yeah. You get voted <laughs> off the island? And they're yeah. coming back. <laughs> right. Well, it's it's funny because like with, with on the brand side, we're saying how, and we, we're, do, we're um, handling a small PR account and we've just been getting so many emails about people wanting to be influencers. And right. this is how they kind of lead their emails. It's like, hey, I'm a content creator. And it's like, the first thing is like, <laughs> oh God, we got another one. You know, it's like, I yeah. produce content for at blah, blah, blah. I produce content, content, content. And it's like, guys, yeah, yeah. content is just a picture that floats around in space. Unless it brings a return on investment for a brand, it then turns into an asset, you know? Yep. So it's like, yep. everybody and their mother can create content, but not a lot of people can, can generate a value from yep. that content. You know? Yeah, so, I totally agree. I totally agree. And I think it's, it is, it is overused and we joke about it all the time here, but it, uh, yeah, trying to, trying to drive meaning, try to drive value, trying to drive strategic yep. alignment with those things. Like, yeah. What does content mean? It means it's, it means it's so general. It means everything. It means nothing. Right. right. And so I'm with you there, but I think I always get started talking about that. Yeah. The sort of the, on the brand side, it's their job to find out, is this person authentic for lack right. of a better word? Mm-hmm. Right. And they know, I mean, if they know that they're doing their job rightly, they know if that person, and not that as a creative, you don't have to be a hardcore bow hunter to create a great 30 second spot for a bow company. Like that's right. not that. I definitely don't believe that. I'm, and I'm hopefully not twisting my words up into yeah. thinking that I'm just, my point is if you can think with your brand hat on or as a fan and consumer of the product and active person in the community that that knows how to speak to the person that will be consuming this article or this film if you can think like that person because you are that person you're in my opinion you're kind of one step ahead of the curve because you're basically trying to craft stuff that you think would be cool or you think would be meaningful or impactful and that i think because just my hunting background i've been able to kind of go yeah well what what would I think of this? What would like my brother think of this? What are my yeah. 10 most hardcore, dirtiest, least amount of showering, longest facial hair, shittiest pickup truck, sheep hunting yep. guide, friends of mine think about this photo or whatever, right? And so right. to think about that, it kind of helps, I think, take it to the next level. And so, and that's not to say we get in all kinds of stuff that we have no idea what we're doing in. I mean, sure, sure. We, we've got a buddy, the guy that was just sitting next to me who's dragged us on a bike packing trip. We have no, like, have no business doing that. I have no idea what we're doing. We're really shooting photos for it. We're kind of doing some like higher level sort of like crossover brand stuff for Dan or boots. And he was working with his cycling clients and creating a bunch of right. material and articles after the fact and some videos for, for some tourism placements and stuff like that. But anyways, we had no idea what we're doing. We had no business doing it, but at the same time we were, I guess we weren't afraid to try. So I guess I'm, I'm kind of being my own biggest, I'm being hypocritical. You, you don't have to, <laughs> you don't have to be core and endemic in something to be good at right. being a creative in it. Right. it. I think it helps when you're deeply entrenching yourself and taking a brand and, and, and saying, Hey, I, I think that we can really kind of 
dovetail together on something uh, yep. like a big campaign. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that, that's so important because I think in terms of like when people pitch work and, and we just had this, this situation happen to us not just a couple of days ago where like you're, you're saying, instead of just kind of talking about consumers, like they're this myth, mythical creatures, it's like, well, actually in reality, you know, like we are the consumers as well. Yeah. You know, and, and we're not like beyond them. Like, Hey, we're, we're the ones that use this gear too. Right. And, you know, we, we had talked to a, a company and, and we, you know, we were shopping out a, a bid to them and they're like, okay, we're going to shop around and get back to you. And then a couple of days later, they're like, Hey, we're just going to go with you guys. And I was like, Hey, well, you know, there's a lot more talent out there. Why didn't you use those guys? You know, and they're right. like, well, when you were pitching us, you just kind of sounded like one of us, you know, you kind of right. just, you were just like ingrained in the brand and, and you just sounded like you worked here. Right. I was like, oh, okay. You know, but like you mm-hmm. said, it's like, you just, you just know the product and you would use it. Even if you weren't even in this industry, you would downright use that product. And I think that really helps work with the brands that you, you truly do love working with them, not just because they're a paycheck, but because you truly believe in their mission. So that's kind of my long-winded little segment there. But uh. <laughs> Well said. No, really well said. And practical real-life example that just happened, which I think those little instances yeah. happen all the time. And you can point to it and go, Hey, that got that won us that business. That's huge. Yeah. Yep. Yep. So, in terms of like your workload, getting more back into FOSS Media, what's what's kind of like a day to day or a quarter to quarter, or <laughs> oh, even a, a year at FOSS Media is like? <laughs> Holy. Well, from a calendar perspective, I mean, a lot of as we first met, trade shows sprinkled out first part of the year for starting off in yeah. January, and and I and I'm pretty involved in in a few conservation organizations, probably namely Wild Chief Foundation and mm-hmm. the Rocky Mountain Goat Alliance. And so I like to go to those conventions as well, just to, as a, as a member, as a part of a different boards and committees, it's just great yep. to be a part of that. And, and again, if I wasn't doing this, it would be there anyways. Yep. And so those are, I don't know, 80% fun and 20% work. I guess it's all, I guess mm-hmm. it's all work, but that's usually how it kicks off. Lots of trade shows. And then we're usually, editing stuff that was shot last the fall before. So whether that's just catching up on, on like pinning down photo galleries of of stuff that was just sort of living in buckets and trying to Mm -hmm. make a more specific to stuff that's being created. Cause the thing you guys know, and people that are listening, depending on what you do probably know, it's like all this stuff is happening, you know, six months or a year in advance, like 19 product is getting shot in 18 or 17. And so we're kind of seeing that jiggle out into, okay, this is going to end up in an email campaign. We need this aspect ratio. We need to go back. Yeah. We need a raw file for that photo. It's going here and sort of doing keyboard warrior stuff. Cause when it's getting shot in the hunting season, it's yep. sort of just sitting in the gallery and people look at it and say, Oh, that's cool. But a lot of it can't be used till the next year. Yep. And so that's happening. We're editing, you know, we, I don't know. It just depends how many projects we're taking on, but we might be working on a handful two to five video projects of varying lengths all at the same time. So might be cutting mm-hmm. something kind of like one bigger one, you know, one sort of like really taking over our lives and then some smaller <laughs> stuff for Instagram story or, or right. short social right. posts. Short those, form. Yep. Yeah. Those sort of easier to knock out things. And then uh, the last few years been taking advantage of the double summer fall in, in mm-hmm. the Southern hemisphere. So done, Red stag hunting in Argentina for the last couple of years and done some filming in New Zealand a handful of years ago. So that'll usually there's something in the works there yeah. just to keep, keep the season alive. I mean, it's just a great opportunity to sort of do double because mm-hmm. our season and I work and my wife and people that we work with are, I mean, 90% in, in hunting. So we're talking about North American hunting. We're talking about it's three months basically yep. for the stuff that, that we do. It's so compressed and you're just, there's only so much you can do. There's only so much you can shoot. There's only so many projects you can take on. And so you're, you're going gangbusters and then you're editing and then yep. maybe you're going to trade shows, but it's not like we're sitting on our hands in the off season, but you're like, Hey, we have an opportunity to kind of pick some stuff back up. Yep. So yep. we usually do that. And there's lots of opportunities. I mean, whether it's spring bear hunting or turkey hunting or yep. people are into the shed hunting. I'm not really personally, but people get after that. There's lots of opportunities here in North America to do that, but it's also nice if you can to bounce down and you get to double down a little bit. Mm-hmm. So we usually have something like that in the works. And then there's just lots of great hunting opportunity here in BC. Now you can hunt like 
12 or 13 species of big game animals over the counter for our province alone. And so we'll be pitching little projects here and most of the brands that I work with on different levels know what we're up to and sort Mm -hmm. of, Hey, yeah, we're kind of interested in, in doing this or how about that? And we'll kind of scope out the year. And then of course, I mean, as you guys know, you got, you got 20 irons in the fire and like, if two of them go through, you're happy. If three of them go through, you're screwed. If one yeah. of them goes through, you're screwed. And yeah, that's, it's that's really exactly hard. Yeah. It really is. <laughs> it's really Dude, our, our like lead often. recap is like this. You know, it's like each Monday we we send out a recap to all the leads we have going on. It's like three pages. And we're like hoping right. it's like, well, guys, we just need like one of these to come through and we're good right. for the year, you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so you guys get it. And, and what usually happens, you got 20 irons in the fire. You want a couple to go through, but then what usually happens is none of them go through and then like five other ones show up randomly at the last minute. Yep. In like <laughs> November, right? <laughs> so yeah. that's why, I mean, we were just visiting with a guy over the weekend and he's like, well, what's your next, what, what do you guys look like? And we're like, well, we know what we're doing for the next two months, but I mean, I've, we don't know for sure. And yeah. I think we're getting better. We're getting better at pinning, pinning things down. And it is sort of our niche too, though. And it is, it is one part about working with us that, it's it's me and my wife. If someone says, "Hey, we we got a plane ticket. We need you to go to New Zealand to shoot this campaign," we look at each other <laughs> and we go. I mean, yeah, we just yeah. we're like, "Yep, that that feels right. That checks the boxes. We're gonna go do that." Yeah. And as opposed to other companies, other people, they have they're tied up. They have kids or dogs or stuff that they just can't or a business to run or yep. all these sorts of things. Or we we're kind of we don't and we just roll. And so we kind of like that flexibility, kind of like that ability to say, Hey, something last minute comes up, like give us a call in our core mountain hunting, sheep hunting, North adventure, sort of deeper narrative type short film stuff. Like if you need that, call us and don't worry about it. Not being, Hey, this is a year and a half out and we might be doing this. It's like, we'll either be able to do it or we won't, but we're kind of keen to talk about it because producing is just problem solving. I mean, that's all it is. Oh, absolutely. it's, it's like, like logistics. Throw you a Rubik's and, yep. yep. Throw you a Rubik's cube and see if you can figure it out. And that's as much as like time we spend pulling our hair out. That's kind of the fun. And it's fun to, mm-hmm. it's fun to get the pieces to fit. And so, yep. And when you can do it that. reliably for a brand, that's a huge added value. You know, when a client's just like, Hey, this is a narrative. I don't know how the heck you can get it done, but figure it I all out. You. Go. you know, here's, <laughs> here's the budget. Here's the reimbursable expense budget boom, go figure it out. You know, it's like, yeah, that's like you said, that's part of the fun too. It's like, heck, figuring out visas and, you know, calling the embassies and, you know, figuring out travel dates and all that stuff. It, it's all, it's all a part of it. And to be honest, like, I think that helps with the creativity too, you know, mm-hmm. but yeah, absolutely. Creative problem solving. So to answer your question, it could be anything, it could mm-hmm. be anything North, Northwest territories, BC, wherever, whatever's happening. And then sort of rinse, repeat the end of the season comes and then we're kind of in edit mode and yeah. back into trade. And so, yeah, it's sort of long winded, but that's a, it's so variable. We work, we have a landing pad. We spend a lot of time on the road working in coffee shops and airports and yep. know all the places to get good espresso on the highway <laughs> in Northern BC. And yeah, it's pretty variable. It's pretty all over the place. And it's pretty nice to talk to people who do get that lifestyle. There's, there's not a lot of us, but yeah. the ones that do, we're like, oh, awesome. Yeah, we haven't, yep. yeah, we haven't got our mail in like six weeks. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> we should probably do that. We haven't done, done laundry in however long. We should probably do that. But that's all, yeah, again, it's all part of the fun. And so we're pretty high, highly variable depending on time of year and what project's going on. Yeah, that's pretty awesome, man. So tell me more about, um, about Patagonia. I saw your post today about uh, with, oh, cool. the, with the trout and I was like, dude, Patagonia. I went a couple years ago and I'm trying to find an excuse to go back there, you know? <laughs> It's magical, man. It, it it's, is. It's absolutely magical down there. I was just writing an article, and I think like the after the little intro, it was the line was my buddy. We were rambling down this road, and he turns. We're hunting red stag, and mm-hmm. it's my first time there. And he just turns and looks at me and says, "Buddy, I think you just died and gone to hunting heaven." Yeah, dude. Because it's it is so picturesque. Yeah, you're in the fall, and of course, there's like the romanticism with Patagonia and the Andes, yeah. and you're already you know, this is a place where people come from all over the world to climb and kayak yeah. and fish and hunt. And anytime you're going somewhere like that, you've built it up in your head. It's taking you two or three days to get there. Yep. You're like salivating over it. And 
it is a really special place. The people are are just phenomenal. Oh, absolutely they're, phenomenal. They're just awesome. And so we just were really fortunate. We did a film project many years ago. It was a fly fishing piece about a, a female angler named Camille Agdorf. Just a mm-hmm. wicked. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. So that was that was for Yeti. They were, she's just awesome. Like, she's a stick. Like, yeah, pretty cool to do that with her. And we were down, we met the guys that ran Patagonia River Guides, which mm-hmm. is the lodge that she was doing a hosted trip with her company, mm-hmm. Yellow Dog, out of Bozeman. Gotcha. And they were just, had a really rad story. It was two best friends from Southwest Montana, fly guides, finished school. One was going to be an engineer. One didn't know what he wanted to be. He wanted to be a ski bum. And they said, Hey, why don't we check out Argentina? Why don't we see what we can apply? Everything that we know about fishing Western rivers to Argentina. They went down there, just killed it, got crushed it, but got crushed in the sense (laughs) they didn't speak language. Didn't know anything, but they said, wow, this is going to work. And they had a pretty good stable of clients. And they just started it, I think, 17, 18 years ago. And now it's it's exploded three different lodges. Yeah, It is one of the most well-dialed places in terms of customer service, mm-hmm. mint on your pillow, unbelievable fishing resource. The guides that just like are fun to be around, great coaches. I, I can't say enough good stuff. But we just met him and he just kind of said, I don't know why you seem to meet people in your life that are way overly generous than you could ever be back to them or you ever feel like you deserve. But Rance and Travis, those two guys are the guys that started it and they were that to us and said, Hey, you guys ever want to come back, come back and hunt, come back and fish, come back and hang out, do whatever. And so we said, well, we can't really say no to that. (laughs) And so we were down there and cobbled some work together to do some fishing and some hunting Mm -hmm. for our clients. And it was awesome, man. Yeah. Yeah. We were just looking at, I was grabbing up, photo request today and I started in that gallery I was like man it's funny because you get you guys probably get this too you uh, work so hard you'd edit all the photos or whatever you're working on you throw in a gallery a lot of times you never even like open it back up oh yeah absolutely yeah and then when you do open it back up you're like man this is this is awesome you know like how come and like, you, start, you start going down that rabbit hole of like editing a couple pictures here and there and then you're like oh crap what am I doing I got work to do <laughs> Yeah. So I did that this morning. I just need to grab a high res of something and was scrolling through and just went, wow. I mean, not wow. These photos are awesome, but just this place. I mean, Mm -hmm. and that's one of those places I was, I got to say that I think we can shoot photos and take video and you know, we're okay at it. A part of the reason that you mentioned the reel and thought it was pretty good. It's like the locations that we're in, I mean, are phenomenal like even like we can't fuck it up it's like it looks i mean you're in the andes you're in where yeah. wherever you are all those places are just like they just look that good and if you can turn a camera on and frame it up it's like yep this is looking good and on that trip we just had the support of Brant and travis and and they gave us sort of full freedom mm-hmm. to grab the guides and yep. on the, the the guides get i can't remember how many days off they get but they get a couple every 20 days or something yeah. let's say and they had two days off and you know, keep in mind these guys guide five weeks a year or sorry, five months a year yep. or more. Even they work every day, except for a couple of months, they work their butts off and we became pretty close with them and they're mm-hmm. just great guys. And we're like, well, what are you guys gonna do for your day off? And they said, well, we're going fishing. <laughs> yeah. You guys want to come? Yeah. And we said, yeah, like that'd be awesome. Could we get you wearing this and doing that and filming? They're like, yeah, no problem. Like yeah. whatever you guys gotta do. We're just, I mean, we're just, yeah, amigos, we're just hanging out. And so yep. we had like, a lot of support on that end, which as you guys know, makes, oh, it makes the a huge, product go huge, so yep. much further. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah, we just, we went down there and sort of lived in paradise for a while. And yeah, I don't know what tangent I was going off, but I just wanted to mention that those, it's so much about those locations yeah. that, you know, I think what really good creatives and I was mentioning Ben, the guy that was sitting next to me editing, it's like they can make like the inside of a, I don't know, hospital cafeteria, like, look good right <laughs> and like light it and sort of yep. get the like backlight and we were just on this shoot with him and he's like we're making this kind of <laughs> just very mundane it's a high school cafeteria yeah. with fluorescent lighting and <laughs> horrible sounding audio and it's like how we make this look good guys and he's gelling up the lights and like you know yep. we're trying running in there with the fog machine yeah. and stuff and that's i think like true craft and true creativity is like the guy's gonna do that yep well and add those little tools to your tool belt and for us primarily what we've done in the past and sort of are trying to keep evolving towards Mm -hmm. but 
our bread and butter has been, well, we're going to go to location X with a camera and it's going to work out <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. because it is that, that beautiful. And, and a lot of times the place that hunting and fishing takes you are just that. I mean, you're on, you're on top of the mountain before the sun rises and you're staying until the sun goes down and you're camping in locations like on top of a mountain. If you're hunting sheep or something like that, yep. you get to all these vistas, you get to all these places and really you stand back and shoot a photo or time lapse or whatever. Yep. And for the most part that works. Right. Yep. And so I don't know. That's kind of been our, our bread and butter, but yeah, it's paradise down there, man. Yep. I'd say go back if you can. No, it's, it's awesome. And, and like, I, like you said, you know, the people down there are just so like conducive to adventure because I think to live mm. down there, you kind of have to, you kind of have to want to, to go do things. And, and kinda, I would say, I guess live off the edge a little bit, you know, it's kind of like the, the common personality trait that I, I saw in everyone down there is like, everybody's just like ready to go and, and do something crazy or, or, or see what's over the next ridge, you know? And I, I think that for sure. that's like super intoxicating. Uh, and even in the U S like you, you get some of that, I think, but there's still, everybody still kind of, I think has like their, their guard up, like, uh, like what, why do you want to go do this with me? You know, like, you know, I don't really know you, you know, but over there it's like, Hey man, like, you want to go climb this mountain? It's like, yeah, dude, let's freaking go do it. I don't know you, but let's, let's go. You know? <laughs> oh no, absolutely. And that was my first experience. I had a buddy that I met. His name's Santiago. He lives up in La Pampa kind of by Buenos Aires. Yep. And yep. we, he, he was a sick guy. We'd exchange emails mm-hmm. and I said, Hey, I'm coming down for this shoot. It was that original one with Camille yep. and we're going to stay. It was the week before Christmas and we're going to stay for Christmas my girlfriend then, now wife, Frankie's going to fly down, wants to do Christmas in Argentina. Mm-hmm. I don't know anything about it. We want to camp or hike or fish. We don't know what we want to do, but right. we're going to be there. And if you have any idea of little pointers, let us know. Yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah. Well, you know what? I'll just come meet you guys. Yeah. And we said, okay, well, how far is that? He's like, well, it's like only 16 hours. I'll just come down and meet you. <laughs> what? And he had to see some ranches. He runs a Red Stag operation. So he had to look at some yeah. leases but he just drove down, chilled out for a couple of days. They'd never met him in person. Yeah. But those are the kind of people that live there that are the locals. And if you're not a local, it wears off on you. Oh, you absolutely. get the residue of, yep. of like, okay, how do I do this? And then when, when we're home, <laughs> when people are rolling through, we're like, come stay with us, come live, come do all these things <laughs> that, and people are like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like we don't necessarily like need to like, sleep on your couch or, yeah. or like live and eat with You're you like, guys. No, I meal. want like, you to. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But the thing is, if you do that with an Argentine, if you say, Hey, come and stay on my couch, they're coming. Oh yeah. They are absolutely. coming and they're coming for like, they're not coming for like a weekend. They're coming for like three weeks Yeah, and it's awesome. And we, and Santi and I did a, a mule deer hunt in Arizona on that over the counter archery tag that you can get in um, December and January. It's mostly public land and he came over, he comes up for all the shows, he comes up for SCI, Dallas SCI, yeah. sometimes shot. And he doesn't go back. Like he comes up mm-hmm. to the States and then there's no point of flying back and forth, back and forth, right. back and forth. And so he was, I knew he was in the country and I said, it was really last minute. I said, Hey, do you want to go deer hunting? Yeah. And you know, these, I didn't even know if he knew what he, they were. I'm like, these are mule yeah. deer, they're in the desert. It's really cool. And he was like, Adam, it is my dream it is to right. hunt a mule deer. <laughs> and I said, well, we're going to go. And he just like, was like, okay, send me his flight info. Like those type of people, they just have no hesitation. Exactly what you said. Let's yep. go climb out. Let's go hunting. Let's go do that. And it's pretty contagious. And I think that super, yep. that's the beauty of travel. And that's the beauty of what we get to do is that those little lessons that you learn, they rub off on you and you get to take them home and say, wow, I mean, what's stopping us from saying yes to driving 16 hours to go have a, have a beer and hang out with somebody for a couple of days. I mean, really nothing should be other than fear and good judgment, yeah. I guess. But that is, it is it's like, why not? Yeah. Absolutely. And I, and I imagine as a, a storyteller and, and, you know, bringing back that super overused word or second overused word authentic, it's like, that's as authentic as it gets, right? Is, is someone just being a really good individual or just a nice person and just wanting to go do right. something just to go do it instead of like, oh, well, like I want to go do this, but like we have to do this and that. And, you know, it's like, that's as about as authentic as it can get. And I, I assume that that, like you said, has this like residual like effect on you where you want to tell stories like that after that has happened to you, you know? Yeah. I'm getting all excited now. You're talking about it. <laughs> I need to go. I'm sitting here like I've never been yeah. next stop. 
let's make it happen. Let's do it. Yeah, no, and because so I my kind of story with with Patagonia I, before I hunted or anything. You know, I, I was into alpine climbing, and, and a buddy of mine oh, cool. uh, went down there for a month. And you know, very similar story. You just we we went we went during the winter, which was like you know, right. just no one there. <laughs> but the good thing about it was like all the guys that were guiding that was like their their time off. Right. So they're like, hey man, like you want to just go climb this mountain with us, or like you want to go hop in this truck and like go down to Ushuaia? It's like, yeah, dude, let's go do it. You know and that's and when awesome. you come back here and you, you kind of like yearn for that, like you get excited just talking about it. you yearn for that adventure again, you know, and it's like, man, I wish we, we caught that as a story for a brand because that in itself would be such a, a compelling piece or, you know, so that's my little spiel there. No, I, <laughs> no, I hear you. And yeah, it's, it's funny because you bring up something interesting when you do run into those instances, sometimes your creative spidey senses and the hair yeah, starts rising like, in the back of your neck yeah. and you're like oh this is awesome and then sometimes for us it's like we gotta just enjoy it sometimes oh absolutely yep and i don't know we're like man we should have like laughed that guy up because that guy had so many stories that he just told us but at the yeah. same time it's like what's the balance between sitting there having a beer and just just like shooting the shit with somebody and going like you know what that was like an intimate moment between Yep. me and that person and would having a camera there have changed that maybe it would maybe it wouldn't have but i, I don't know i we're always trying to find that balance i'm sure you guys are too it's like yeah what's the balance between kind of living and adventuring and seeking and telling stories for the sake of right just doing it and what is it to just to, to pay the bills and so yeah i don't know that's pretty like pretty deep stuff and maybe too deep for a couple of couple of guys like us on a podcast, but uh, it's definitely always no, but, a balance. But it's interesting because we actually had that happen to us in Alaska where, oh. you know, we were there shooting the show. And, and, and like you said, as, as like a producer or just like a creative person behind the, the camera, you want to capture everything awesome that mm-hmm. happens, right? Yeah. And But then, like you said, there there is kind of that line where it's like, man, I just want a memory for myself that the world won't see. Yeah. You know, it's like... And we had this instance happen to us where we just saw some wolves just running alongside our boat. And, you know, we were about to turn on the cameras and we're like, dude, I'm not watching this through a a little five inch LCD screen, you know, like screw it. Let's just sit here and watch it, man. And it was like, by now that I think about it, it's like, man, that was like the best decision ever because that's how I remember it. You know, we just sat there and we just watched it. That's really cool. And it would have been shaky anyways. No, oh, yeah. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> warp stabilizer. Oh, warp stabilizer. <laughs> oh, yeah. But yeah, double, man. Double warp to warp. Yep. Yep. Warp to warp. But so if you, um, and, you know, I, I know that we're, we're running a long time here and I, I don't want to take up too much of your time. I know you're working, but if you met a younger Adam like tomorrow, you know, seven years back, what what would you tell him? Any kind of, advice you would want to say to him or creative advice or business advice or, you know, anything of the sort. <laughs> Loaded it's a question. thinker. It's a thinker. <laughs> I think that I would tell him it's all going to work out. Yeah. I like it. Uh, and I, and I think that I would try to tell myself that now. I mean, you just seem to go through <laughs> these stages in life where whether you're coming out of high school and you don't know what you're going to, I mean, for example, if you went to college, or if you didn't, leaving high school, you're going, well, what college am I going to go to? And my friend is going here and my brother went there and my dad went here and okay, I'm going to go to this particular institution. And what am I going to major in? And I don't, I don't know, like, should I do this or that? It's like, the reality is it doesn't matter. I mean, it doesn't, those decisions, I mean, I'm not saying that they don't shape your life and they're not, not important, but I think the lesson is like to do something and to go and enjoy it. And it's all going to work out. I mean, your life just takes these, this pathway that you never would have thought that would have. And even where I am today, it's like, I never thought I'd be doing this stuff, but it turns out that, that we are. And I kind of like my advice to my 24 year old self, I guess that would be if my math's right, (laughs) would be that it's all going to work out and just enjoy it, man, because these are the, the good old days. I mean, those, those were the good old days. Now what we're doing is the good old days. And when you're jamming like we're talking about tonight or or you guys just sent out a bunch of bids and maybe stressed out what's going to happen and it's really exciting you got to just like like take a breath and go man this is this is really cool and 
I think it's really easy to, to lose it and forget that. And so it's not really a specific piece of advice. I think it's like, it's maybe too general and cliche, but I think that it's all going to work out and kind of enjoy the ride because it goes quick, right? It goes really quick. And our kind of stage in life, we don't yet have a family. Hopefully we will soon, but we're like, okay, we want to just travel around as much as we can and, and take on as much work as we can. And because it's at some point we'll go, we'll need to go, Hey, time out. We need to like, we got different priorities. We're not trying yeah. to grow a business. We're not trying to see the world. We're trying to set up roots a little bit. And mm-hmm. I don't think we'll ever get fully pinned down, but you know, your circumstances change and your priorities change. And so right now we're just like, well, why not say yes to everything? Try it out, make mistakes, fail yeah. hard, crash and burn, spend the late yeah. nights, do the early mornings, get into situations that you have to figure it out and troubleshoot and problem solve because that's kind of how you grow and stretch. And absolutely. Yeah. I just, I think that we just get stuck on that so often. I mean, we just get stuck Mm -hmm. on, it's not a clear path and being in like the creative industry, it's like anything, but I mean, there's no corporate ladder structure that if you get an MBA and then you do this (laughs) and then you work in middle management, you are going to rise to the top and then eventually you'll retire with a 401k (laughs) and, you get to have a boat. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> there isn't that. And it makes it hard. And I think if we all would just take a breath and say, okay, it's, it's going to work out. I think that, that, that would have been nice to know seven years ago. And, I, and then when <laughs> you're doing this podcast and it's like episode 950 and you have me back on and you say, well, what would you tell yourself seven years ago? I'll probably tell myself the same thing. So hopefully I take my own lesson in this <laughs> time space continuum of where we're at. And I sort of remember that this year and we got a great year coming up that we just are excited about and and we just should enjoy, enjoy it. Even just like 5% more, enjoy it. Five or 10% more would be, would be the goal. Heck yeah, man. Love it. Well, Adam, thank you so much for your time. And, you know, thanks for all the uh, wisdom that you're imparting on us. And, you know, we look forward to seeing all your cool projects come out and, you know, hope to catch you at the next show or wherever, you know, wherever uh, our lines may cross. We'll be following along for sure. Thanks, Andy. Thanks, Phil. I appreciate the last philosophical question. You're like, I'll ask one question and based on his answer, I'll ask more. But if it's like, (laughs) we got to like come off because I think that, that got kind of weird. And you guys are like three hours ahead too, right? Or two hours? Three hours. Three. Okay, yeah, you got to go to bed. Nah, we're good. I mean, you got to go to bed. I don't know. Did you want to ask a special stuff? <laughs> no, <question>? no. <laughs> What's your, I, I'll ask both of you guys since I got you. What, yeah. same question back to you. You know, oh, gosh. It's, it's funny because, well, Phil, why don't you go first? <laughs> Man, it's, it's been, it's never a straight path. So, I mean, I, I do like where you're coming from of just, it's all going to be, it's all going to work out. It's going to be all right. It's sit back and, and take the moments and the people that you meet and just enjoy it. I mean, we, we haven't gotten into our background, but man, it's, <laughs> it's wild. And I can tell you just sitting here less than two years ago, I wouldn't be sitting here. So just take everything I've, without being cliche, but take it all in stride and just have fun and just enjoy yeah. the people you meet and kind of taking that Patagonia approach of whoever you meet, kind of just welcome them with open arms, obviously keep those spotty senses up, but at the same time, just welcome, hopefully surround yourself with the right people and man, it just, you never know where the world's going to take you. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I would kind of piggyback off of that too. And just, you know, stop taking myself so, or stop taking yourself so seriously yes. and stop trying to plan everything down to a T, you know? Yeah. And I think sometimes it's tough because like anxiety and stress takes over and you're like, Oh, I got a plan. I got a plan. I got a plan. My next move. I got to, you know, get all these irons in the fire. But like you said, it's like, dude, just, just chill out, man. Like chill out. Just, I'll, just, I'll reiterate that. It'll all, we got, yeah, it'll, it'll all work yeah. out. So I think we're all on the same page as that's kind of, you know, and, and I think, like you said, we, we all understand each other's line of work, you know, and, and it's just like you said, sometimes you're just like, man, Let's just sit back and just kind of realize, like, dude, this is literally what we do for a living. <laughs> you know, right. like, this is pretty awesome. Like, it'll be okay. Shh. Yeah. Don't tell yeah. anybody. Yeah. <laughs> Ashley, Joel, c- cut, cut it cut, off a, cut, a little cut, bit. Yeah. yeah. Cut, cut it off before that. <laughs> no, that's exactly it. No, yeah. that's great. Thanks cool, for having man. me on, guys. Yeah. Ton, tons great. of fun. And, and I'm, uh, I'm actually really excited. You know, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts and, 
there's a lot out there. There's a lot in the hunting space. Some of them are great. Some of them are not as great, but everyone's unique in its own way. But I'm excited to kind of tune into this one and see what other guys you get on here and kind of yeah, like, man. it seems like a cool opportunity to just see what everyone's up to. And yeah, I mean, we never talk about a lot of this stuff, so it's cool. Yeah, absolutely. Try, try well, be, Adam, be thank you so there. much. And uh, hey man, burn that midnight oil. I'll be at, back at it. I'll reload on sour ale and we'll be hitting <laughs> there it. There you go. All right, man. All right, cheers. Hey, cheers. See you guys. Later. Thanks again for joining on today's episode of the Burning Creative Podcast. Don't forget to show us some love by sharing, subscribing, and following along on our website, theburningcreative.com. Until next time, keep the fire burning.